Want you to get up this morning Skip around like a lamb Well, he God God don't never change Always will be God This is Cynical Sheep And tonight, Tony and I are joined with Scott Scarta He is the pastor at Family Christian Fellowship In Hazen, Arkansas Scott, how's it going tonight? It's doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. This yeah, is almost well. like a little bit of a little bit of a home week, isn't it? Because we've got a native Hazen guy and a guy that lived in Hazen for a good little part of his early marital life, and then a pastor that's been over there. So we're just all home folks tonight. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. I went to Hazen and grabbed the best thing it had to offer and moved back to Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with part of it, but I don't know about this Louisiana thing. But, uh, yeah, anyway. I put you in a difficult spot there. You couldn't, yeah, yeah you yeah. couldn't argue yeah. that. Right? Y'all know yeah. I can't argue that first part for sure. You definitely got the best thing. So, anyway, so how are you guys doing now? Oh, man, doing good. Doing good. Look, I look forward to, to, speaking with you tonight and uh uh yeah because uh, as you said i've i've been in your church for uh in your <laughs> church for a lot of years so yeah i yeah i guess you can go ahead and qualify and say i was your pastor for a number of years and so we we go back and got a lot of great memories of those times certainly do so in- indeed we do uh so scott won't you uh tell us about where you grew up well i it's funny, I put something the other day, which I, I make this joke a lot, but I live in Desark, Arkansas, and I'm 61 years old, and if I walked about 20 feet to my front door, I could look out the window, and about 700 feet from me, you'd see the hospital that I was born in, so so in uh, 61 years, I've not gotten very far, but I was born in Desark, Arkansas, a little town of my whole life, I would call it 2,000 people, although now it's shrunk smaller than that. But, you know, it's under 2,000 people farming community, and I grew up. My dad was a farmer. That's what we grew up doing, and and that that was my, my early life. And all I knew as a kid growing up was being on the farm and had three brothers. There were four of us, and we all, you know, joined my dad in farming. And and so that was kind of what it was, but we, we found a home here, and just a place that we love. And honestly, we, we've been blessed to do a lot of traveling, love to go places, love to see new places, but it, it's always good to come back home. And we, we love Desark. It's a small town, but you know, it's a, it's a good town. And uh, I guess we'll get to it, but my church is actually in Hazen, Arkansas, which is about 18 miles away. And, and so we, dr- we drive back and forth that 18 miles to our church. So uh, that, that's, Kind of that. Well, so uh, were you raised in church, Scott? Well, no, I really, you know, I, I I share this a lot behind our pulpit. I, you know, church was was said to be important. My my mom would take me, and honestly, I don't ever really remember my dad going to church. I think he did. I remember him coming. I think one time to see me baptized is probably about a 12 year old kid at first baptist church i'd given my heart to the lord at a revival there and you know my mom we kind of grown up in the methodist church and 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 i was taken there usually taken and dropped off and i i did 
you know, was instructed that it was important, but it really was not, you know, really displayed to me that right. they would tell me those things, but it really wasn't, you know, uh, represented in their lives. And so, you know, you, a little saying I've kind of stolen over the years is that, you know, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that because, you know, it's one thing to tell somebody something. And uh, yesterday we, we celebrated our senior Sunday, celebrating our graduating senior. And, and I, I tried to make sure that I let parents know how important it is to really be that example. It's way more than telling you kids what to do because your kids have a great sense of discernment, way better than about anybody else you'll find because they know what you really are. And so, you know, we need to represent those things to our children. And uh, so, you know, roundabout way I'm saying, no, I wasn't brought up in the church, but I did attend church a lot as a young person. But uh, a little bit later in my, my teen years, I got completely away from church and, and was not, you know, was not attending at all when, you know, the Lord reached down, touched me again. And so we maybe get to that, but, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Scott, um, and, and I want, before I ask you what you got you into the ministry, I was wanting to share with the audience real quick uh, how it's amazing that you, you talk about that upbringing and how you started and the fact that uh, uh, you tell us, uh, tell us um, how you got in the ministry, but also tell us how many brothers you have that, also yeah well there's actually there, there are four of us and and three of us have pastored uh two of them are retired i'm the only one that is still pastoring and uh i was one who started the latest but i i didn't start pastoring until i was uh 39 years old i guess and so anyway that was when you know that was when we started pastoring at about i get i think that's correct at 39 and uh you know it's as I said, I, I'll try to keep this condensed, but I gave my heart to the Lord in 1980. I know I'd mentioned something earlier about as a 12 year old, but I completely got away from the Lord. And, you know, you can call it, you know, people call it, well, did you get saved again? Did you rededicate? And, and, you know, there's a lot of logistics there that I'm not going to discuss right now. I have my own opinion about it, but you know, this probably isn't the time or the place to get into it. But anyway, in my early teen years, I'd gotten away from the faith that I had confessed as about a 12-year-old and started dabbling in drugs and just really kind of did more than dabble, ended up getting very involved in drugs and a lot of things like that. And my life really just went really wild. And And uh, my dad was older man and didn't have me until I guess at 41 years old and Suddenly and tragically, at a barely 17-year-old, I lost my dad uh, just very suddenly and just really wrecked my life because he was my hero. And to be honest, I really worshipped him. And uh, as bad as that is to say, but I lost him suddenly. And at that time, I just really went, I'm talking about as far away from God as you could get. I was mad at God. I thought God had taken away the only thing I ever cared about. It was something that even when I was out doing the, the drugs and and promiscuous and all the other things I was doing, I would still say a prayer every night. I'd come in and I'd say a prayer and I'd ask God to forgive me for my sins. Now, you know, I was planning on getting up and doing those sins the next day, but I thought <laughs> that I could say this little prayer and it kind of gave me a pass just to get on the next day. I think I know better now, theologically, that I wasn't doing much 
there, but just trying to cover my backside for lack of a better word. But anyway, in 1978, when I lost my dad, I really got very angry with God. I thought God had taken away the one thing that I cared about because I would always, every night when I would say this prayer, I'd ask God to take care of my dad because I always had this real deep fear of losing him. Uh, you know, he was overweight and just didn't live the healthiest lifestyle. And I thought, honestly, I always thought he was kind of a heart attack looking for a place to happen. And so suddenly I lost my dad on Monday, February the 20th, uh, 1978. It's as etched in my mind as any day could be. And at that time, I just really went, I just went overboard, just kind of running from God, angry at God. Uh, my drug use got worse. My, my, uh, just the way I treated my mom and adult authority and just really fell off the deep end. And I'm going to, you know, try to make this condensed. And that's the way I went for the next couple of years from 1978. And in 1980, my brother, who's immediately above me, he attended a revival here in town that was going on. And it what was ultimately ended up being an eight-week revival, an eight-week revival in a little old town of less than 2,000 people. And he got saved in about the first week of it and began witnessing to me somewhere down the road. But it was long about the seventh week of that eight-week revival when I went and I heard the gospel message and I ended up surrendering my life to the Lord. And, and uh, you know, God began to change things. And uh, my brother ended up ultimately marrying one of the daughters of the pastor of that church. My first cousin got saved in that revival and he married the identical twin sister of that, of that, my brother's wife. And I spotted the little young girl there who was only, I guess, about uh, 15 years old at the time. And I spotted her and thought, man, she's young, but she sure is cute. And I had to bide my time for a couple of years. But ultimately, I ended up marrying the third member of that pastor's family there of the daughters and so anyway you know I married into a, a pastor's family and and God just you know we we got busy about five years down the road had our first child and I guess three years later had another child and we started building pizza restaurants and and I got into got out of my farming business and got into business and you know somewhere down the road there I got to looking and realizing that a lot of things had become more important to me than, than, uh, you know, being a father, being a husband. And at that time, God really started dealing with me. And, uh, so when he did, I started digging in and it was some 12 years after my salvation experience that God just really miraculously, I would love to get into more depth, but I, I know I can't, but I would really like to, you know, at least hit on it. About 12 years down the road, God just really did a work in my life and, and just turned things around and made me realize that I was not being the man of God that I was called to be. You know, I was going to church. I was, I'd be there one or two times a week. And, you know, I wasn't doing anything terrible, but I was not a godly leader. God wasn't first in my life. Uh, making money, I think, was first in my life. And, and so, anyway, God did a big revival in my life, turned it around. And at that time I started seeking the Lord. I just told Aaron a little bit before Aaron's dad was a sheriff here in Prairie County. And, uh, 
he allowed me to come up. I started coming up every Saturday under his leadership there, and I got to come up to the Prairie County Jail and preach to them, and that's kind of where my ministry started. Never had one person walk out on me. Uh, you know, they, so, it, 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 you know, I, I, I had a 100% track record. I'd go in there and preach. Nobody ever got up and left. I mean, it was just, it was a, it, it was, it was a perfect thing. And did that did that for nine years, nine years, I'd go up every Saturday to that jail and minister to those inmates and try to just share my story with them. And long about into 2000, God just really started dealing with me about pastoring, about going over and starting a church. And man, I'm going to tell you what people, I, I've heard people say, and even pastors talk about, well, God said this to me and God said that. And be honest. Sometimes I'm like, oh, come on, man. You know, that, but but if God has ever spoken to me, he spoke to me then and just really put on my heart that I was to go and start a work. And I, I didn't know exactly Hayes and didn't know exactly where it was going to be. But I, I actually, I guess to backtrack in about two months time, I had three different people, two of which I'd never laid eyes on in my life, came up to me and spoke words over me. And told me God had a deeper work for me to do. Well, it just blew me away, freaked me out. I really kind of rejected it. First time I definitely rejected it. Second, second time I thought, well, isn't that funny that someone would do that two times? And then the third time I thought, you know what? Maybe I ought to start listening because God is trying to speak. And so, anyway, you know, long story short, God raised us up. We ended up choosing Hayes in Arkansas, or I believe with all my heart, God chose Hayes in Arkansas. And we went over there and rented a building, started out in a little old classroom at the National Guard Armory over there. And long story short, this past July, we celebrated 20 years there. We own our own facility. We've been there for 20 years. We're completely debt free. We've got an amazing church of people. Uh, God has just been so good to us and done it all in spite of a guy that, that you know, in, in his own sense, had no, no business being over there doing that. You know, a lot of times we, uh, you know, people always say that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And, and I definitely had no qualifications other than just being obedient saying, God, I'll go. And he really has done great and amazing things and didn't mean to ramble there, but that that's kind of a little bit and hope at least that lays a little bit of a groundwork for it. But you know, and Tony Melanie and all their kids were a big part of some of the early days of our church when we were in a, came when we first started our building project and moved into a new facility and such a, a sweet part of it. So anyway, just, just some good times and memories and God's been very good to us. No, that's, that's awesome. No, that's an awesome testimony, Scott. Uh, I think, yeah, Melanie and I came along around year one or so, I believe it yeah. was, so. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Scott, I want to ask you, what is your all-time favorite aspect of the ministry? Well, that's kind of a, is that, is that a, I don't know if that's a trick question. Trick question. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, there, there's a couple of different sides of that coin because I, I, I will say, I, well, on, on one side of the coin, I'd say I love to preach. I mean, I, I love, you know, I love preparing and getting to preach the word on Sunday morning. It, 
it absolutely, you know, does something to me. And it takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of work to preach the word of God. And I preach twice a week and I, I rarely miss a time out of the pulpit every now and then I do miss, but it's rare. I'm, it's not, I don't have a lot of guests come in and we don't have Sunday night service, but Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I'm generally preaching the word. And, and I love to do that. I really do. I love to prepare. I love to hear from God and I don't preach a lot of series and it's not like I go through and just start preaching through. I, I try to hear each week and, and look and just see what, you know, I feel like God is speaking to me because that's just the way I feel like my ministry is centered. I, I try to see what I feel like the needs are of our body and our family. And so preaching is definitely, uh, you know, right at the top of the list, but also on a more, you know, on a more tangible level, I love seeing it catch a hold. I mean, I like seeing people get it. And, you know, there was, there was once upon a time when in 1980 and in 1992, where I know a guy that you're talking to right now that got it, that, that, you know, really got the message that was touched by the Holy spirit that, that my life changed. And you just, when you go out and preach, you hope and pray that, that people are going to get what you're sharing, that they're going to get the reality of the gospel, that they're going to get that, Hey, God's got something better for you that they're, that they're going to hear and take it. And I honestly, the, you know, the guy on here and I, I will go ahead and say it. I think the guy on here that's joining us on this podcast, Tony, I really felt like I could take a lot of pride in just seeing their family because honestly, I thought I saw them grow a tremendous amount when they were in our church and, and it encouraged me. And I just saw them get in and I felt like just, just, you know, live the gospel out. And so those are the most enjoyable things, seeing people get it. I, I don't even know, Tony probably tell you better, but I probably baptized just about every one of his kids, at least, at least the kids he had when he was in Arkansas. Yeah. He's, got, <laughs> he's got more kids. He's got more kids now, but you know, I baptized most of his children and got to see them yeah. grow and, and uh, you know, those things be a part of their family. But those are the things that bring real joy in ministry is just to see Man, but oh, 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 guy preached to, that that I used to know. He had a saying, and I quoted it a lot. But he was an old brother that's gone to be with the Lord now. But he said, you know, he said I've been saved and I've been lost, and saved's better. And uh, you know, it's it, it's true. Saved is better, and if you can get people to see that, what God has for them, and how much better their life can be, that's a real enjoyable part of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you were not, you were not wrong at all, Scott. I, I was, uh, I was definitely one of those you saw, get it. So yeah. And I thank you for, uh, thank you for that. Thank you for the pastoral leadership all the years. Uh, we were there and the impact you had, as you mentioned, you alluded to the impact that uh, you and others in that church had on my family. Uh, yeah. It, uh, to this day, it still it, it means uh, a, a lot, and so yeah. it, as as most of us with kids know, you know it, it um, starts at home, but then you need to have you need to be surrounded by that, and and we always yeah. felt like we were. So um, yeah, I thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your leadership, your pastorship through the years. Uh, yeah, no doubt, we we fall in that category. Well, we had a lot, had, had a lot of good times and a lot of good memories there. And so, you know, thankful that felt like when we, we sent you on that, that 
it, it was all God's plan and his timing and that, that he was going to do great things. And I know he's continued to. And I, as much as we hated to lose you, I was still proud of, for lack of a better word, I was proud of the product that we were sending to Life Water Church. And I remember you even contacting me when you were looking at that church and asking me what I thought about it. And I said, man, this is a church that's just kind of beginning. And I think it'd be a great place, Tony, because I thought you could grow there with it. And, you know, it, it, it was a pretty new church plan at the time as well. And I thought it was very similar to what you stepped into at our church. And and so I remember instructing you that way that I thought that, hey, this looks like a good place for you to be. And and obviously uh, made a right choice because, you you know, you're doing doing well there and your family is and that brings me great joy to see it yeah the, the, par the parallels are pretty are pretty amazing actually they, they really are except except that i was better equipped when i joined yeah. lifewater yeah i was yeah. Uh, a little bit ahead of the, of the game more so than when i set foot in fcf the first time so <laughs> uh well on, on the flip side of that scott what's the this is a two-parter too what's the hardest part about being in ministry and what about the ministry would you like to see changed oh goodness uh <laughs> you know the well the 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 hardest part is i mean basically it's, it's the it's the flip side of just the question that we just answered i mean and my side as well because it, it really hurts to see people you know, it hurts to see people leave the church. And when we first started the church, I, I mean, I, everybody, every time someone came in, I thought, okay, this person's going to be here forever. I didn't know the way ministry worked, that people come and go and people will leave you and people will hurt you. And I think people, honestly, I really don't think they know how bad it hurts a pastor for someone to leave until they've been in that position. And you can think that, you know, but I, I will assure you, nobody, 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 nobody who has not been a lead pastor or a pastor in a church knows the full feeling until you've been in that position. It doesn't matter how close you are to the ministry, because I had brothers that were ministers. I, my father-in-law was a minister, and God gave me a great illustration shortly after I became pastor, and it came like it, it hit me right slap dab in the face because I was under pressure within the first couple of weeks of us stepping out. And I very easily could have left because it was tough, but I realized that there was a big step, even though when I was in my home church, I sat on the front row. Well, going from that front row, just that few feet to where that pulpit is and turning around and facing everybody is a huge difference. And as, I, is. as, as God showed me, when you're out in the congregation, everybody is looking at one man everybody's everybody's eyes are on me and so they feel like i ought to be making decisions that are going to benefit them that are what they, the way they think that things ought to go and when you're the pastor you're looking out there at a multitude of people and you've got to look at what's best for the the sheep i see a sheep behind aaron there yeah. you you look at all the sheep you don't look at one person and and so i've tried to do that and do that faithfully but it's a big difference but and, you know, Tony, yeah, it, it was sad losing Tony's family. And we cried and we prayed over them. And matter of fact, we helped move them to Louisiana. But but that was that was done right. I mean, they were moving. They came to us. We knew. But when you're in ministry and people just sometimes up and leave, 
and you have no idea why they left and you struggle with that and you lay awake at night and wonder, well, what happened? Did I do something? And I just recently heard, and y'all probably know James Merritt, who pastors a huge church out in, I guess, the Atlanta, Georgia area on television, but he was telling the same story about someone in his church and he talked about how much it hurts over the years and said someone who had been in his church for like 20 something years just up and left, didn't say why, he tried to contact them, they wouldn't return his calls. And I, I don't, this probably sounds bad to say, but in a way it almost made me feel good to know, okay, this does happen to other people. But uh, you know, and he's in a big mega church and this was people that he was close to for 20 years, but just left. So. The thing that, that I would say that hurts the most is, or would want people to know is how bad pastors care about you. And I really believe that I can say that for most pastors, they genuinely love the people and, and they care. And if you're going to leave, let them know, come and talk to them, you know, let them pray over you and send you out with their, their blessing if that's what it needs to be. But when people just pack up and leave and don't give you any reason why it just leaves a lot of hurt for a pastor. So was there another part of that, Tony, or did I get that all? I, I, and all the, the second part to it, which I think you you probably, you know, the answer is in there, but if you want to answer specifically, it's uh, what about the ministry would you like to see changed? And Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Uh, man, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the ministry's broke. Uh, I don't know that there's anything that needs to be changed and fixed. Uh, you know, I, I was a little bit encouraged the other day just in my own self because it, it's it's really easy and I discuss this with my wife because I, I'm pretty hard on myself and when God called me to pastor I started telling God I literally I had this argument with God going back to what I said earlier but I didn't finish probably my my feelings on it but I really argued with God because I'd not been to Bible school I was 39 years old I'd not been to Bible school I I, I had preached I know less than 10 messages in my life. When I stepped up behind a pulpit as a pastor, I'd preach less than 10 messages in my life. And that's being generous. And I'd not been to Bible school. I mean, it, I, I, I didn't have the whole Bible memorized, none of those things. But God really started speaking to me. And, and I argued with God about, hey, I'm not near as smart as this guy. I looked at my father-in-law. I looked at my brother. I, I looked at these people and thought, God, I can't do this. But what God showed me and spoke to me, and I actually shared this yesterday because I was sharing with young people, God, as clearly as I've ever heard God in my life, he said, you've got a great family. And I got a great family. You know, I'm, I'm going to celebrate 40 years of marriage here in just a couple of weeks. I've got two grown daughters, 35 and almost 32. They both have three children. They're married to Christian men. They've lived for God all their lives. They, you know, they never got out in the world. They, they, they did things right. They saved themselves for marriage. And, and, you know, we, we need a world or we need a, we need a ministry that goes out and gives those things. And, and I hope what I lack maybe in theological knowledge that I don't have, you know, certain giftings that maybe someone else has that I have some giftings that maybe they don't have as well. And, uh, you know, there's a scripture that I kind of encouraged myself in the other day, just a couple of weeks ago, because I was beating myself up again about my shortcomings. And I read what Paul said in Romans 12, verse six, he said, in his grace, God has given us different gifts 
to do certain things well. So if God has yeah. given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And, you, and if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. But you know what that tells me, guys, is that we don't we don't all have the same gifts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nowhere, it, it always kind of humors me a little bit. And I understand why they do it. And uh, but I God kind of showed me this a few years ago. You start looking at churches and they're looking to replace a pastor. And, you know, most of them all like you got to have a bachelor's degree or you got to have a master's degree. And some of them say you got to have a doctorate. And I'm like, I, I, I understand where they're coming from. But none of those requirements are in the Bible. None of them. You know, Paul didn't have that. He didn't have that. And none of the ministers you see in the God, you just, man, you just need people to love God. And we're not going to have all the answers. Uh, my giftings aren't going to be what Dr. So-and-so of some megachurch is. But hopefully, I've got some giftings maybe that he doesn't have as well that can meet people on, a, you know, a, a, another level and share with them because as I said the best thing I've got to show anyway is my family uh, that's why the name of our church is Family Christian Fellowship family's the the first institution that God ordained way before the church and so you know if, if I can show that if I can be faithful in my calling I feel like I've done what God's called me to do and and God's been faithful for tw over 20 years now that I've been pastoring in the same place for you know for over 20 years so for those things, I feel very blessed and, and honored. And, and uh, anyway, so roundabout way, Tony, hopefully that answers it. So, yeah, yeah. Amen. I, I think that, you know, not only do we need that, need that reminder that we're not all, that we're given specific gifts, but that, uh, you know, I think sometimes we get too hung up on what we don't have, that we miss the yes. other part of that, that uh, it tells us to, that we're supposed to take our gifts and we're supposed to yes. use them. We're supposed to be using yes. those. And so I think oftentimes we neglect that, you know. Let, uh, let, let me butt in, Tony, because you know the yeah. guy. I don't know what Aaron might do, and I'll just I, I'll just say the first name. But Levi, my nephew Levi, he shared at our church Wednesday night, and he was talking about my father-in-law, Brother Poole, who Tony knows and maybe Aaron knows as well, just a godly man. And, and honestly, he's in the very last chapters of his life. I mean, he's, you know, going to be 85 in September. And... Levi shared just very passionately about the burden he feels because he knows that his grandpa is going to be gone before long and all the gifts that he has that he's given to the body of Christ, that he's given to his church that he pastored for 50 years, that he's given this community. And Levi was wrestling saying that he, you know, he wants those great gifts as well. And, you know, God was just really speaking to me even through that, that, you know, that, you know, it, it, it's funny because. I think we always see everybody else's gifts as greater and whatever brother Poole's gifts are. And he has many gifts. Levi stood up there the other night and shared magnificently. And it, it's funny that we, we see our gifts as small, but I'm telling you, you know, I, I, I just, you know, believe with all my heart that God says that, you know, he, he, he sees them as big. He sees our abilities, you know, just like the parable of the talents in the Bible, you know, one was given what one, one was given, uh, 
what what is it three and or whatever it is and one was given five and whatever but you know the bible says in that situation said every one of them gifts were small they were all small but you know god gave each one according to their abilities and just wanted us to use what we've got so you know we we've got it, it, it's hard not to compare yourself with people you hear on radio and, and TV and all those things or, or that do other podcasts. <laughs> and the fact <laughs> of the matter is, you know, God called y'all to do what you're doing. He called me to do. And so if we can, if we can just uh, be faithful in the little things, I think God will take care of the rest. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's, that's a great word. As a matter of fact, I think uh, God called me and Aaron to reach a very small, specific group of people, yeah. Uh, yeah. very small group of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's probably lack of quality guests or something. That, that there, it's, it's because you need better guests. But, uh, but anyway, no, I think our guests are the, the best devil, part of our the devil always The devil always wants to tell you, though, that your gift is small. And if you're hearing that, I know that it's from him. Well, Scott, that's a, we're going to, that's a good word to lead out on. We're going to, we're going to cut it right there. And I, we want to yeah. say, we appreciate you coming out tonight and doing an interview with us. And uh, it's been, it's been a blessing. Well, yeah. I, I didn't mean to ramble and hope I, I didn't there. And hope. No, you're good. You're good. You know, you didn't get cut off. And, but anyway, I appreciate you guys. I said, love O'Coney and, you as well. It's kind of just uh, this old home week, I guess. If nothing else, got three Hazen boys on here. And right. Did I? Did we ever say that Hazen? At, what's the population of Hazen? About sixteen hundred now, seventeen hundred. Uh, I, so, I don't uh, know. I don't know what it is now. It was. Uh, it was sixteen hundred when I was in high school. It may be like twelve hundred now. I don't. I, I don't know okay, what it is that, for yeah, sure. It's, it's probably smaller then because yeah. you know none of these communities are growing. Right. But. Uh, God remains faithful and he, he, he's been faithful to us and, and is still doing the work. So anyway. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Scott. Thanks for coming on. And like I said earlier, thank, thank you for everything you've uh, uh, instilled in our family and uh, me over the years, what you prepared me for, what you. Yeah. Well, we, we, we appreciate y'all and appreciate you, Aaron. And, as I said, I love you, Dad, and and your mom too. I've uh, you know n- known your mom all my life, and and your dad was always very good to me. When I went to the jail up there, he 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 basically gave me whatever I wanted, and always worked with me in any way. And so anyway, I I, I hated when we lost him. I went down and prayed for him, and, and just really loved him. He was a good good man that was a friend of mine. So I appreciate that. All right, guys. What do you think? Let us know. Facebook. All right. And uh, y'all have a good week, and we'll see y'all next time. <laughs>